and welcome to your midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. So much has happened since we last spoke just a day ago that I'm pleased we're back here to sit down and talk all about it. It is, of course, silly season. It's rumours, it's gossip, it's links, it's all sorts going off. January transfer window. I am Mark Heath and I'm with my two, I'd say, significantly least favourite Kings today to discuss everything going on. Mike Bacon's off, Ross is busy, so I'm left with Stuart Watson and Andy Warren to talk about transfers. I'm going to start, first of all, with the doctor, Stuart Watson, someone I think is a little bit ticked off with me already this morning, when I told him to stop moving around. Stu, you're ill. We've not seen you since Christmas. How are you? How's things? How was Christmas? Bring us up to speed. Did I stay still enough for you during that intro? Yes. <laughs> I'm ill. I'm ill. Like the kids say, I'm, is that like being sick? I'm ill. Is that the... Yeah, uh, da- you know all that sort of terminology. Is that how you, you meant it? Are you sick? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sick. <laughs> I would say you're sick. Absolutely. How was Christmas, mate? Christmas was good, thank you. Very nice. Superb. And your partner in crime, the boy wonder, the Hutch man himself, Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren. How are you? How are you feeling, most of all? Boy wonder? Yeah, I don't I'm really 36. I'm yeah, 30, you, 36. You're, a, you're more of a man wonder, aren't you? Now, now I think about it. Yeah, just a man. I'm just a man. <laughs> that's all I. Just a man doing what he can, and that's are you, me. Are you still ill slash sick? Oh, I don't think I ever boarded over it, crossed over into sick. I just had a little bit of a tickle in the old throat on Monday, didn't I? Or Tuesday, whatever day it was. Yeah, um, Tuesday, wasn't it? I'm all right now. Um, I medica- I self-medicated with chocolate orange throughout that podcast, which is now all gone. So, um, struggling. Got no, got no chocolate to hand to salivate. But I've, I've got some water. Was that on Sal- prescription? The old chocolate <laughs> orange. Oh yeah, yeah. They're chucking them out of the doctor's surgery in the pharmacy right now. Sal- I've got Sal- two from Ips- from Ipswich Town Football Club. I received two chocolate oranges. What? Just got, given two, just got given two chocolate oranges over the Christmas period. By the club? Yeah. I think that counts as a bribe. I'm not sure you should have accepted that. I don't know, I don't know if it was by, by, the, by the club, possibly from Patrick, who's a, a lovely man who, ah. who, uh, who is on, on, on hand to, um, to help the media room run smoothly. He just presented me with a chocolate orange at about seven o'clock on Boxing Day, having uh, given me one earlier in the day as well. Thanks very much. What a club. Friends, I, I was remiss to not ask you, Hutchie, I realised, lying in bed last night thinking about you as I do. Um, I, I missed the opportunity to ask you how our old friend Concussion was um, when, uh, <laughs> you play, when we played Pompey. Denver Hume, how was he getting on? He came off the bench, didn't he? If we, We'll re- recap that story. Back, We're going back to, um, back to uh, behind closed doors era of football. Ip- Ipswich Town playing at, at Sunderland. I think, did Denver Hume just go down, sort of pretend with a bit of a head injury at one point, Stu, and then and got up and carried on. And Luke Chambers then spent the remainder of the game, 70 minutes, just shouting concussion at him for, for 70 minutes. He played for Portsmouth, came off the bench the other night. I think he put in the cross for the goal, didn't he? Mm. So he's, he's he did all right. Head injuries must not be trivialised, people. Just need to make that clear. But um, yeah, we did discuss concussion on the way to the game, didn't we? Hoped he would... Uh, feature at some stage and also Stu before we get going can you just confirm or deny um your views or thoughts have you seen Ted Lasso no 
okay. I would suggest you probably shouldn't watch it. I don't. Why? Think, I don't. It's because it's very American, and I think it would it would grind your gears. The boys aren't fans. I quite like it. Um, and I think you would absolutely hate it. Anyway, this is good chat, isn't it? Red hot chat to start the pod, talking about a show that Stu hasn't seen. Let's talk about things that may or may not be happening at Ipswich Town. Since we last sat down, Hutchie, shit's kicked off. Shit's got real. All sorts of stuff has been happening. So I've made a little list of things that have happened since we last spoke, and I'm going to throw them all out there, and you boys can choose what to talk about and when. So since we last spoke, when we talked in excited tones about Morgan Whitaker, he's been recalled to Swansea from Plymouth. Macaulay Bond and Connor Wickham are now free agents. Nathan Broadhead has been linked to town. We know that town have made a little inquiry about him. And also, Peterborough have got a new old manager. Grant McCann's out the door. Darren Ferguson, laughably, is back in for the fourth time um, at Peterborough. And obviously that's interesting because not only are they promotion rivals, but also because town are linked to a couple of their players. Jack Taylor and, and loosely Johnson Clark Harris. So where do you want to start? Stu, we didn't hear from you on Tuesday. Where do you want to start with that little batch? Um, let's start with Macaulay Bond, because that's a story that I've been kind of entwined with a little bit with the interview I did with with um, with Macaulay back in the summer. Um, inevitably, there was going to be some conversation around him this January. We talked about it as soon as the... Uh, Summer transfer window shut. We talked about well, January's around the corner, and there's there's every chance that he'll be available because it was clear he wasn't banging the picture at QPR. And, and would the stars align? Um, the stars have kind of aligned, but I don't know if all of them have aligned. Ipswich, by general consensus, need a striker, but not just a body. They need an upgrade. So that there's that that's probably the big kink in this one. Macaulay Bond would would come back here in a heartbeat. We know that from the the depth of feeling he's talked about this football club. Um, cut a long story short, I, I'm not sure this one's going to happen. I know it's a bit of a head v heart discussion for Ipswich Town fans. Ipswich boy loves the club. I think would come in and bring a bit a bit, a bit of a different energy to the dressing room. He, he's someone who knows the style of play, having already worked for six months under McKenna. I guess the problem is that his best form came in the first six months of last season rather than the last six months. And um, Kieran McKenna hasn't seen the best of him, although I'm led to believe that McKenna does like a lot of his qualities and sees him as a bit of an all-rounder. Um so it's an interesting debate, I think, as to whether you, you know, you could bring Macaulay Bond back. If you, if we'd have gone back to this time last year, and said that Macaulay Bond would be available on a free transfer, it would be a no-brainer. I think people were talking about buying him for one, two million pounds plus, and make sure you sign him now in the middle of the loan spell. So it's amazing. It just shows you how quickly um, reputations can change can change in football, doesn't it? Hachi. Any thoughts on Bon? Obviously, we're going to do a big old mailbag in a bit, and there are questions about Bon in there, um, but we may as well handle it now, being as it's it's happened. What Sue says there, he doesn't think it'll happen. Would you like it to happen? I feel exactly the same about it now as I did back in the summer. That he he's a good. If they were to bring in, and and I'd 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 put Connor Wickham actually into the same sort of conversation. I'd I'd, I'd Bond would be above Wickham in any kind of pecking order for what I'm about to say. But if they if they brought in a number one target and felt they still needed another 
another striker, then yeah, I don't think you could do much in that regard. I don't know if you could do much better than than Bon. You'd you'd get high motivation, a man looking to prove a bit of a point after how it all ended in terms of his form. Um, but I think the key thing that Stu's just said is that they're looking for an upgrade this month. The players they bring in have to be an upgrade on on what they've got. Um, and I think we saw enough of Macaulay Bon under Kieran McKenna to know that that, that Macaulay Bon isn't the player that, that Kieran McKenna Kieran McKenna wants. They're gonna need an upgrade. I, I would I would probably slot Bon below Ladapo in any kind of pecking order, assuming that another another striker's brought in on on top of all of that. Um so for me it's a probably not but if it if they got to the point where Ipswich needed a striker, you'd turn to it. Des like really needed a body of a striker, you'd turn to him in a heartbeat because because of what kind of person you would be um, you'd be recruiting. Um, I don't think it will happen, and I think there are good reasons why it won't happen. But if it was part of some kind of striking master plan, I think it would. Um, it could at the very least just inject a bit of energy. They've got some wriggle room in terms of the number of senior players that they can add to this squad. If you're talking about maybe deregistering Dominic Ball and Panucci Kamara, there's four slots there for senior players. So I don't think that's a major concern. You'd be adding him. The scenario where McCauley Bond comes is, is where they give him a six-month contract to the end of the season as an extra body, not necessarily to be the man, main man who can energise the fan base, who can energise the dressing room, who could maybe, even if you get one or two magic moments where he comes off the bench in these sort of games that are proving frustrating, where teams have got a low block and he just comes on and he is that uh, just backing into people, chasing people down, just being that pest of a striker. Have they got a sort of a bully type striker at the moment? I'm not sure Ladapo is that, Jackson's not that. Ahadmi doesn't look like he's up to the pace of things at the moment. He was clearly brought in to be that different type of physical striker. Um, injuries have obviously kind of put his uh, progress on, on hold at the moment. He's not played a huge amount of football during the first half of the season, Macaulay Bond, and that, that would be a knock against him that you want to get someone in that's ready to hit the ground running. But um, Look, the football romantic in me would, would love to see him back, someone who's, who's spoken to him. And um, you, you just can't help but kind of dream up a scenario where Macaulay Bond sort of um, recaptures some of those moments that we saw in the first half of last season. But as I say, I'm not sure it will happen. The next fear, of course, is that he lands at one of Ipswich's League One promotion rivals and, and has those moments that, that hurt Ipswich, that he ends up playing for a club that Ipswich... Don't want to say it too loudly, but if Ipswich don't don't finish in the top two, run into him in a playoff scenario or something like that, we'll we'll see. Um, he won't be short of suitors. We all wish him well. Hopefully, not too well. If it's a, if it's a, one of Ipswich's rivals, my gut feeling is he might end up back at Leighton Orient because he's got such strong emotional ties to them. They're flying in League Two. It's where he uh, reinvigorated his his career. Uh, he's got the Justin Edinburgh emotional pools there, you know, where we played under Justin, who who sadly passed away, of course. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll wish him well, but hopefully he doesn't, um, hopefully his his narrative isn't entwined with Ipswich during these next six months. He's a guy that's fuelled by emotion, isn't he? Like, every, uh, Macaulay Bond is emotion. So you, 
that would be that would be a very sensible move for him if it's on the table. When 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 the Ipswich thing kind of came to an end and it didn't happen for him, um, you, you were left fearing what might be for Macaulay because nothing nothing was going to replace Ipswich Town and and that feeling that he had and the emotional attachment it, that was going to be very hard for him to replace. Um, so staying at QPR certainly hasn't helped that. He's been right on the fringe there. Go to Leighton Orient if it's there for you. Uh, get fueled by emotion again. Love football again and see see what you could do. Can you imagine him playing against Ipswich in a playoff game? Where will his head be? He's... Can you imagine oh, him? More, more excitingly, boys, can you imagine him playing with Drizzy at Leighton Orient? What an emotional <laughs> combination that would be. I'd be in bits. Is he playing at the moment? Scored three goals this season, mate. Just checked, so uh, I'd say he's not not in the best of form. But who knows? I don't know. I'd like to see it. Maybe Bond's the man he needs to take him to the next level. Maybe that's what we're going to see. Right then. So we talked about Bond there. It's emotional. It's romantic. It's probably not going to happen. Something else which would be slightly romantic, maybe not as romantic, and a little bit emotional. You mentioned him there, Hutchie. Is Connor Wickham, who's now a free agent, um, having left Forest Green, did pretty well there. To be fair. Ironically, we talked about him on the last pod, and literally about an hour later, he'd left. He'd left Forest Green. Um, you wrote a little bit about about Wickham because clearly that's something that fans have been talking about. Would he Would he be able to do a job at Town? What do you reckon, Hutchie? The same boat as McCall, exactly the same role as Macaulay Bond. I think without without the emotion, because let's be about the bush. The emotion that emotion isn't there from Connor for Ipswich as it is from Macaulay. Very very different. Um, It'd be a similar similar scenario for me. Um, he's proven a little bit of fitness. He scored some goals, um, but but not as a front line, not as the front line option. Stewie, any thoughts there? I haven't seen enough of Connor Wickham in the last sort of few months. And my memories of him are very much clouded by him as a as a as a teenager, as a young man breaking through. And I imagine his game is very different. Um, now as it was then. Um, the physical attributes probably aren't the same um, in terms of pace and things like that, given all the injuries he's had. So I, I don't really feel like I'm in a position sort of to uh, to say, you know, where Connor Wickham's at. But obviously, and you know, I know he's come back to Connor, uh, to Forest Green and got himself going again. It's an obvious link given, given his Ipswich Town roots. But yeah, exactly what Andy's just said. I think he'd be seen as a as just somebody that adds some an, an extra body to to the front line, rather than being someone that you, you're pinning your all your goal hopes on for for the next six months. Nine goals in twenty games. It's struggling Forest Green Rovers, so decent record. Um, we shall see. Let's know what you think about them. So two guys there that probably unlikely. Shall we talk about the really sexy stuff now that's happened since we last spoke? Um, let's start with with Nathan Broadhead, shall we, Hutchie, who's been a, a solid link. Brings up speed on this one. Yeah, Nathan Nathan Broadhead is an Ipswich Ipswich target this month. He's currently at Wigan, um, in and out of their team. Five goals um, in 20, 20 odd appearances, but they're split between starts and substitute appearances. Wigan, um, Wigan Wigan seem to be just rotating. They've got five or six forwards, and they can't find a, an answer with all of them. Who, who have they got there? They have got Broadhead, White, Will Keane, obviously. Um, Ashley Fletcher is another one. Lang um, can't find an answer, and and I think it looks like Broadhead's going to be recalled by parent club Everton and then potentially sold. Uh, he, he's twenty four, so we're, he's kind of of the in the Luke the Luke Garbert kind of um, stage of his Everton career, which these Everton players all seem to go through. 
They reached 24. They're still contracted to Everton. Um, not going to have a, a first team future at Everton. So he's one uh, that could could move out. I, I really like Nathan Broadhead. We saw him with Sunderland last year. He's a good player. Can play up top as kind of a second striker. Can, has played a lot of wide left. Um, can play on the right. Um, got good touch, good movement, good finisher. And um, I think I think if they could get something done there, um, that would be a really good one for town. Mm. Stewie, thoughts? <clears throat> from memory, he played. He would have played in that first game that McKenna watched from the stands against Sunderland last season and, and had a pretty he decent scored. game. Scored, didn't he? Um, so I'm sure that, that will have stuck in McKenna's mind a, a, an afternoon that would have been sort of very vivid in his memories. That's proof that I think if you could play for Sunderland, you know that you're getting somebody who is mentally ready to go and play for, for a bigger club when we keep talking about sort of the difficulties of playing for Ipswich Town in this division and in front of big crowds and it's everyone's cup final. Um, those sort of qualities aren't aren't to be underestimated. There, there won't be a surprise factor there for him. I think he'd probably be seen as more of a one of those sort of support strikers rather than the out-and-out out striker, part of that sort of rotation involving Chaplin and Harness and, and Aluko. Um so some versatility boxes ticked, which McKenna seems to like. Um, yeah, I, um, I think this is maybe the sort of uh, the alternative to Morgan Whitaker, if if that's not not doable. Um, and I would say that this this route is more likely than the Whitaker one at the moment. It's what it feels like to me. We have a Sunderland fan in Archant Quest Towers. The new deputy editor is a big Sunderland fan, and when I mentioned this to him yesterday, he said Broadhead was brilliant for them. And uh, he was hoping that they'd get get, get back in for him, um, which obviously doesn't look like it's going to happen. But so high praise there from a Mackham. And then I guess we should finish, of course, with Morgan Whitaker. Whitaker, Stu, you just mentioned there. Um, when we last spoke about him, Hutchie, he was there was stuff happening. You were saying it will be sorted out in the next forty eight hours. He was recalled about six hours later. Um, what's the latest on him? Yeah, he'll be back at he'll be back at Swansea now. Um, I imagine he he's probably trained with Swansea, Swansea now. Um, very disappointed to have been called back. Um, clearly, he wanted to stay, um, and I think he's probably a little little bit in the dark about what's gonna what's gonna happen with him over the next the next few weeks. There's an Ipswich <clears> interest there. Um, I'd have been shocked if there wasn't in a in a player that's a, a real top end League One performer this year. Um, We'll have to wait and see if anything gets shaken out there. I, I, it doesn't look like he's going to play particularly at Swansea. And remember, if he does play for Swansea, that means he won't be going anywhere um, because of the, the, the two-club rule. So um, It's pretty clear to me that Swansea are going to sell him. Well, as soon as I saw that Russell Martin post-match press conference from the other night where he talked about it was pretty clear that things have happened above his head that, well, we're well stocked in the attacking midfield. And if he comes back, it'll be part of the squad. And obviously, you you know, but it, but the club see him as an asset. And I thought, here we go, something's happening here. And it just made me think, well, could could Ipswich do this? Ipswich will be interested. Of course they are. If, if a player who's been one of the top performers in a position that you're looking for in your division becomes available, of course they're going to be interested. They'll have the means to do it. In terms of the sort of fee that that Swansea will want, in terms we've seen obviously what they've already done with Leif Davis back in the summer. The big kink here is whether Morgan Whitaker's heart and mind would be would be able to be won over. You've seen his kind of posts 
social media posts is pretty clear that he's absolutely devastated to be of course you would be you're a player playing your best football of your career at a team that's sitting top of the table um you want to stay and keep doing that so um it's interesting that he picked a, an image of him celebrating against Ipswich to use in his uh, in his goodbye post to Plymouth um the fact that it's Plymouth coming up uh, potentially you know if Ipswich were to do that in the next few days imagine that in playing making his debut at Portman Road against Plymouth that would be um that would be very interesting in, indeed um not impossible this one but it's the more and more I'm hearing about it I'm I'm not sure though I think there'll be other clubs in for him obviously I think Andy's done a story saying that there's there's championship interest even bottom end Premier League interest and if he's pulling more towards that then um that's that's probably more likely and hence the sort of Nathan Broadhead stuff starting to hot up a little bit. Mm. I think that bottom bottom end Premier League interest could ultimately if if that came to fruition that that could end up with him back on loan at Plymouth um for for the rest of the season. Um if if that were to happen there's no indication it is but if that happened I think that's the direction that would go. And that could still got a move back to Plymouth could still happen. He he wasn't I don't, he wasn't recalled when he was recalled out out of spite out of any kind of spite to Plymouth. I think that they had to recall him inside a certain loan window. It's similar to to Kiefer Moore all those years ago at Ipswich. There was a, a deadline of when that loan had to be either recalled or not. Um, and so they took that recall. Plymouth could come up with something. They never know. You never know to bring him back. I don't think that's impossible. They'll certainly try, but they won't have the means that. Um, the Ipswich or those championship clubs will have. So they might might be reliant on a loan, a loan back, be it from Swansea or or any other ultimate destination. <clears throat> the vibe I'm getting from people at Plymouth that I that I know is that they felt like Swansea haven't kept them in the loop enough with this one. That fair enough. Football's football is a club asset asset. You've got to do what you've got to do, but at least say this is the price. We're gonna sell him. And this is the price, and if you can if you can match it, then fine. If not, then he'll go elsewhere. And I'm not sure Plymouth feel like they've had enough information from from that side of thing from from what I've heard. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see how this one goes. Ipswich, um, I wouldn't completely write Ipswich off on on this one at the moment, but um, my gut feeling is um, is it it's a it's a non goer. But you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. I think people at Plymouth automatically, I think that probably people at Plymouth automatically thought that Ipswich is his destination. Um, but that might just be a bit of cynicism and pessimism that one of our star players has gone back and Ipswich have already sort of taken Kamara off us back in the summer. And that would really add some spice to uh, to to that sort of automatic promotion race between those two clubs, wouldn't it? Certainly going into this game in January, but um, we'll see. It's worth noting as well. Plymouth have lost a really good player here. Whatever whatever way this shakes out, um, the league leaders have lost one of their best players. Um, mm. so, they have, but they've done some business yeah. already, haven't they? They've, so they've they already have. started making signings. Three. And I think Callum Wright is certainly a, already looks like a very good good replacement signing for them already. So um, yeah, okay. To wrap up this news roundup since we last spoke, there's been a change at a promotion rival, as I mentioned there. Grant McCann 
departed Peterborough and Darren Ferguson back in. Yesterday, when I started to see reports that McCann was on his way out and people started joking around on social media, where's Darren Ferguson? I think it was jokes. And then Julie, he's back for a fourth time, like the ghost of Christmas past, the undead. Um, what do you make of this, boy, Stewie? You want to start with this? Yeah, it's like the bat phone, isn't it? That they just pick up, <laughs> pick up the bat phone to Darren Ferguson. Um, a bit like Ipswich had with Johnny Williams for a while. There was always a feeling that um, times of trouble pick up the phone to Johnny Williams, and, and Darren Ferguson is the uh, the managerial equivalent there. After Ipswich beat them a few weeks ago, I think we joked in the press box. We said, "Oh, yeah, Darren Darren Ferguson will be back soon." Grant McCann looked like a a beaten man who knew what was coming down the track when he sat on the podium in the press room at Portman Road that day, very quiet, was having to ask answer questions about Darren McCantony's outspoken comments on his podcast. I think the writing was on the wall then. Um, we semi-joked that it would be Darren Ferguson, but I kind of also thought that it probably would be Darren Ferguson. So he's got it till the end of the season. Manager that knows the club, he's got promotions on his CV. I think having seen Peterborough, it would be a remarkable turnaround to get them to get them back, sort of in in the promotion race. Given all the off-field noise surrounding them, and talk about players leaving and, and things like that. I think it makes like I think it makes a bit of sense. I listened to Darren McAntony's podcast last night. He kind of rushed one of those out to kind of explain all of this, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, from the outside, it does look. It looks ridiculous, doesn't it, to go to someone for a fourth time? Somebody, somebody messed about with the Peterborough Wikipedia page and um, did the Peterborough management uh, merry-go-round all the way through to like 2028 with uh, all the different times that McCann, who had already had a go at Peterborough, get gets it with Steve Evans having another go in there and then Ferguson coming back every time. But it makes a lot of sense. He knows those players. He, it's a similar squad to the one that Ferguson was in charge in. Of for, for parts of last season. Um, if they don't think they can go and get the ideal candidate right now, get someone who can come in and, and start straight away. McAntony's got the relationship. It's January. It's a vital time. Um, they can start straight away. But I think Stu's right. I think they're. it's going to be really hard for them to, to do what they do. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the summer, whether the, the temptation to give Ferguson a long-term contract is... Uh, is too much or whether they do stick to their word and kind of go after something, something fresh. Do you think it has any impact on obviously town have been linked with Jack Taylor and, and loosely with Johnson Clark Harris? Will that have any impact on that? Do you reckon? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, I don't think it changes much there. Okay. That's the news roundup. I also note, by the way, I saw last night, Willa Sula was recalled by Sheffield United from Derby, a former town Link and, and obviously there's a lot of chat around George Hurst as well, isn't there? Potentially being recalled and back to Leicester and another former town target. So interesting names in the mix. It is January after all. Shall we do a bit of mailbag now, boys? This is going to be a mixture of January transfer window and general questions. Hutchie, is your is your voice box, your vocal cords up to providing the, your trademark theme tune? We'll find out, shall we? Probably not, but that's um doesn't mean we shouldn't try. You ready? <clears throat> mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark and Dee Stew to dip into the mailbag. Doo doo. I just remembered as well. Actually, my wife is asleep next door. She's on nights at the moment. <laughs> that would been that would been absolutely horrendous way for the poor woman to to be woken uh, up. She's only been like in bed 
two hours and then just her husband just singing. Mail. I'd enjoy a mailbag jingle being interrupted just by a shout of shut the F up through the <laughs> through through the through the spare bedroom wall. And that would be fine. That would have been exactly what was deserved as well. Um I that was a sham that was a shambles, by the way, that mailbag. That's good. Well, thank you very much. But I, <laughs> I I I would rather shambolically sing a, what is a shambles of a song at a very low level than uh, than annoy my wife, quite frankly. I'd love Mrs. Warren to just come bursting through the door behind you and just throw your throw your entire rack of, of kits at you. She's not, really that, she's not really that kind of woman, if is I'm she honest. Not? Okay. No. Okay. Um <laughs> but but um it would be a fair it'd be that would be a disastrous way to wake up though with your your husband shouting for a laugh. That's interesting, Hutchie. So you're you're super calm as we know. Is she also very, very calm? She's not prone to fits of temper or You're not gonna come in and throw stuff at me, no. She's maybe okay. got. A, she's got a little. She's maybe a, a little less docile than me. She's got a little more, little bit more about her um, as a person. But but yeah, she's not not going to be throwing things at me. Stu, how's your relationship with your wife? <laughs> We're going there, are we? Are we doing a roundtable discussion on this? Was this a mailbag um, question? <laughs> this is. Uh, this is. Let's be honest, shall we, cats? It's important therapy. to talk. Yeah, yeah. It's important to talk. I was, um, on, I was on dicey ground a few times over Christmas. I. I can't lie. <clears throat> She's got a bit more fire than I have. Yeah, probably very similar to Hutchie, really. Um, but yeah, again, no fears of domestic violence happening during a podcast here either. Um, you? Why were you, why are you on icy ground? I'm married to a very angry woman, boys, and I seem to I seem to agitate her, um, which I think is the effect I have on a lot of people, including you. Um, even though you're 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 naturally calm, I ran Stu up without him trying to start the podcast. <laughs> He's all right now, though, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving about free as a bird. Right then, should we get back to mailbag, please? Um, before I really dig myself a hole. Uh, right then, first question: MH Blue wants to know: Can you all please pick the number one play you'd want to bring in above all others that have been mentioned slash linked, but they have to be achievable? So, of all the all the guys we've talked about being linked, um, which would you most like in a perfect world? to sign on the dotted line in the boardroom with Mark Ashton and his massive ball bags on the table. Broadhead. Broadhead. Why? Um, I just really, I think he's a really good player. Um, I like him a lot. I like, I like how mobile he is. He's a good finisher. He, I'd kind of put him in a, I have this right. I, I have this little bracket of players that I kind of bought, and I and I call them kind of electric. Um, and I and I'd bracket him from what I've seen of him it, as that kind of just. It's a kind of the kind of player that I like. I, I like those kind of players who pop up in different positions on the pitch and can and can finish. And um, I think he could be a, a a bit of a maybe slightly more advanced Connor Chaplin, uh, another one like that for Ipswich. Um, Maybe coming off the left side. I like it. Hmm. Advanced in terms of position or advanced in terms of ability? What? Oh no, in terms of in terms of position, I think I, I think he I think he could get in behind a little bit as well. Stewie, would you agree with Broadhead? Uh, I'd probably go Whitaker to be honest, because I just think he's. He's he's one of League One's top performers, and you'd be 
he'd be taking, you know, he's obviously left a rival already, but it's not very often that you can be third in a promotion race and go and sign the team that's tops one of their best best players. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd have to say Whitaker probably. Okay. Um, Peckham Blue, we, we just mentioned Connor Chaplin there, says, do you guys think Chaplin could be a suitable number nine? We've talked about the mythical 20-goal-a-season striker. Chaplin's on, what is he, 12 now? Um, without really playing as a striker. Do you think he could, though? He has done before. He'd tell, he'd tell you he's a number nine. He's he's always seen himself as a striker. He's played as, as a as a striker. It's only really since he's come to Ipswich that he's played in this kind of more withdrawn number 10 role. He's played wide or as, or as an advanced striker previously in, in his career. Um, do I think that's the answer? Not, not sure about that, but I guess if Ipswich went out and signed a Whitaker slash Broadhead and had that created more competition in behind, it might be something that they try. I don't, I don't know. Andy? I like him where he is, if I'm honest. I think he could he could work in a... I think he could 100% be a striker in a two, um, in a proper two with a bigger with a bigger player alongside him, hundred percent. He's got he's got all the instincts. We've seen that, but he he's learning he's learning this new position, and I, I like him. I like him where he is, if I'm honest. Okay, Lee uh, asked about Macaulay Bond. We've covered that, so uh, thanks for your question, though, Lee. Callum Pritchett says, "What do we do with Caden Jackson if another striker comes in and we get promoted? I think we should sell him at the end of the season." Jack Caden Jackson's an interesting one, isn't it? He always seems to be discussed about someone that town should dispense of or is dispensable at least. Um, Siri, any thoughts on that? He's certainly a player. They come along. There's always one in a squad at any time where the, the manager sees more in a player than perhaps supporters do. Normally that's someone like a Cole Scoos who gets sort of um, dubbed a player's player that does that does the things that others don't see. And, and Kieran McKenna clearly sees a lot in Caden Jackson because he keeps getting plenty of chances. Um, I think there are certain aspects of his game that are underrated in terms of not just his pace, which is the obvious thing, but in terms of his work rate um, and his off-the-ball press and things like that. I think his crossing has improved, but ultimately I'm not sure that you're going to take him as a footballer to any, any more levels now. I think he's where he's at in terms of his touch. Um and yeah, just his, his general technical attributes, and I think he's out of contract in the summer. And certainly, if Ipswich get promoted, I'm not sure he's one that they would necessarily carry to the next level. Although McKenna might might think he's worth sort of keeping around as a squad player, but he'd certainly be in the bracket of players that that need to be upgraded if, as and when Ipswich go up go up to the Championship. Uh, I would say respectfully. Okay, one more question before we take. I think video. sorry with Jackson. I think he's actually got two years left. Has he? Uh, a, a year after this. A year. Okay. After this, a year after this one, but I think the discussion's still the the same. It, it's just. A, is that the option year or a full no, year? No, I think it's a full. I think he signed a new two-year contract last summer. Um, okay. But I think if they bring in another striker, his role in the squad remains the same. I think he's the Swiss Army knife forward that that they use on. In, he's still going to have attributes that whoever they bring in doesn't have, and McKenna's shown that he will use them, be that through the middle or or in either of the wide 
The I didn't areas. hate him in the wide positions, to be honest. No, I thought he got better at playing that sort of right right wing back inverted commas role. And for you know, Wes Burns has by general consensus not hit his same heights this season. Um maybe a little bit of fatigue and it stuff creeping in for him. Um I, I, that's the sort of role that I would like to see him play in the second half of the season, sort of being being someone that you could rotate with Wes Burns when you when you want um when you want to give him a little rest from time to time rather than that central striker role. He never um but yes, yeah, certainly in those games he's someone that needs pace to work with him behind, isn't he? And then when Ipswich are running into these teams that aren't showing a great deal of ambition and sitting deep, that's those are not the games for Caden Jackson. Yeah. He needs there's a very certain set of circumstances he needs to work as that central striker, isn't it? And it's for through balls to get in behind at every opportunity. They tried it at Lincoln, didn't they? I think every time Morsi got the ball in the first half an hour, he was trying to get him in. But you have to, there's so much that has to go right to make that make that work. And that, there's so many games, Stu, where, where you turn to me during the games and say, this isn't really a Caden Jackson type of game. And that's even discussing him as a substitute, isn't it? Whether you're whether you're bringing him in so um wide wide areas for me and I quite like him from the left actually he's um he, he's he's done that from the left on a few occasions so I think he'll still have a role to play whatever whatever happens with incomings I have a very specific set of skills that make me a nightmare for teams like you is that basically what you're saying obviously actually you don't know what I'm talking about because you won't have seen it taken <laughs> no, no, I've never, never seen take. There's about 400 taken films, isn't there? There is, yeah. They, they do go yeah. downhill pretty quickly. The first one's yeah. pretty good, though, and it's short, which is also a plus. Never seen any of them. But it sounds have great. Ha- have you ever had a Swiss Army knife, boys? Just as, a, just as an aside. No, I haven't actually. You've, you've never had a Swiss Army knife, Stewie. I think I did possess one uh, when I was in the the Cubs. Maybe when I was younger. I think that was. I don't know. Yeah. They're quite pleasant things to hold and and just sort of play with, aren't they? But um, I don't know what happened to it or why I really needed it. Overrated for me. If you ever had one of the ones with the little scissors, absolute shite, pointless, absolutely useless. Anyway, Caden Jackson's not, as we just discussed. Um, Stuart's gloves. What are the chances the players we sign will not have been on anyone's radar until we sign them? He says, like Harness, for example. Ashton seems to be very good at keeping his dealings quiet. Not impossible, but I would say less likely. I think those kind of surprise out of nowhere additions are probably more likely in the summer. There's so many players that you it's a smaller pool of players that are available that fit the criteria that you're after mid midway through a season. Um so well, you know, the the number of players that we've we've already spoken about on this and, and beyond, I would imagine that they'll come from that. I would imagine the striker could well be George Hurst. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that he was very much top of their striker list back in the summer. It's widely reported that that his loan at Blackburn will, will come to an end and you would imagine it, which will be top of the queue there. There's every chance that the number 10 will either be Whitaker or Broadhead. Uh, we know that Jack Taylor is very much a prime target for central midfield and that Massimo Luongo is kind of sitting there uh, as a bit of a backup option there in central midfield. The surprise signing is probably more likely to be a young loanee that doesn't 
that doesn't take up one of these senior slots that is a bit of an addition, bit of a wild card. Um, that would be where I think maybe the surprise addition comes from a you know a, a young low knee that suddenly happens out of nowhere. Any thoughts, Hachi? No more thoughts. I echo the <laughs> thoughts. Of, I, I echo. I echo the thoughts of my friend Stuart, as you so often do. Um, right then, let's have a video question, friends. We've had a few of these this week. We still want more. This is the way forward. Film yourself in landscape. Send it to me, Mark Heath, Mark Heath at Newsquest. .co.uk and then we want you on the show we want to hear you we want to see you because frankly i'm bored of looking at myself and hearing myself talk i'm sure the boys feel the same i know they do in fact um yeah whatever let's have benson, a question benson does benson i annoy ben, i annoy everyone in my life sorry of my life anyway before i have a little breakdown let me um let me bring <laughs> let me bring our esteemed show sponsor in shall we pray silence please for tony southgate of ginger pickle hello kings it's your former colleague self-proclaimed friend of the show andy you'll love that one and founder of ginger pickle tony southgate i would like to play a bit of devil's advocate with you here in the event of ipswich not getting automatic promotion going through the lottery of the playoffs and falling at the last hurdle what do you think next season would look like would kieran mckenna still be at the helm or could he be tempted away what players do you think might want to play at a higher level and actually leave the club, if any? And what do you think the owners will be thinking at that point? Will their investment be a bit shaky or do you think they'll still be committed to the long term? I know it's a little bit doom and gloom, but just really interested to get your thoughts on it. I'd like to say I thought that was a brilliant question, series of questions from from Tony. I've always liked him. Sitting outside a pub by the look of it, which I also thought. Yeah. I think he's by the sea as well, isn't he? I think that, he's in I, Southwold, mate. That's where like, I think he is. I, I recognise that curb. I wondered if it was the what the pub in Old in Oldborough by the chip shop. I don't know. I don't like Oldborough. I know you don't. I'd like to see you take on a quiz where we show you curbs and you have to name the location. <laughs> mate, if there's a pub out on that curb, there's a good chance I'll know where it is. Um, but I don't know what it says about me. But I, I reckon that's Southwold, mate. That's what I'm saying. Tony, let us know. Um so of those questions, let me let me put the scenario to you. It's three into two, isn't it, boys, automatic promotion-wise? And we know already we're starting to think, oh, Christ, we've been here before. Town are going to finish third and then getting knocked out in the playoffs, probably by McCauley Bond scoring a winner. Um, so in that or Norwood. In that, or Norwood. Oh, God, yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Um, so in that scenario, that nightmare scenario, which none of us want to, to come to fruition, what happens? Tony's asked there, is McKenna staying? Who's leaving the players? Do the owners suddenly get bored? What we say, and who wants to kick off with this one? I'd hope there wouldn't be a complete. I don't think there would be just a, a complete burning down of the house if that if that happened. I, I really, I really hope that wouldn't happen because, yes, finishing third and losing to the playoffs in the playoffs would be an almighty disappointment. It'd be devastating after what we'd hope would be had been such a good season, but. They've still, they would still have come out of the season having made an awful lot of progress from 11th to to 3rd. Um, so I'd hope there wouldn't be a complete kind of burning down of everything. I, I think in short, it would be keep calm and carry on. I, th- I honestly think McKenna... McKenna would stay and see it as a project. I think, uh, I think one missing out of the first full attempt wouldn't, wouldn't deter him 
from that as long as they keep making these kind of forward steps and he's got the backing which which he would do if Ipswich weren't to get promoted that might conversely kind of take a little bit of a shine off of him in terms of oh bless you I thought that was a sneeze that was brewing then pulled a very strange face me yeah I'll tell you what that was it was going to be a yawn Okay. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realise you could stop yawns. I thought yawns were inevitable. Once they started, it's, you can't you can't stop it is, them. It's in. I can feel it. It's in there. It's going to come out. It hasn't come out at that point. Um, but yeah, it's not because of what you were saying, Stu. I thought. What wow. Saying, I, thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I thought what you were saying was was actually brilliant. So please yeah. carry on. Thanks, mate. I'll try not to send you to sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, owners owners wouldn't. There's not going to be a pulling up of the drawbridge financially after after one season of of going at it. That that comes a lot further down the track. There is a point where the return on investment he's going to go again. He's going again. How disrespectful! <laughs> Come on, get it out of your system. I can't yawn on demand. It's gone yeah, again. You can. you can make yourself yawn. You can make yourself yawn. You just kind of. It's if here. I do a fake one, that will set you off. Yeah. Go on, then. Just get Let's it see. out, Hutchie. Come on, bring it. Oh man, how disrespectful, <laughs> Stu! Mm. Unbelievable in your face, Watson. Carry on. Up on this question. What have you been? Oh, he's, he's gone. gone. Oh, he's, oh, he's, he's got to have a, yeah. he's, he's taking himself off screen, listeners, to have a bloody good yawn. I could really see. I could really see him go to town. Actually, in the in the virtual green room. The question is, Stu, what's what's he been doing that's made There's him so tired? Nothing worse than when you then. You cut short a yawn, and then you mm. can never get that sort of full. It doesn't scratch the itch. You do another yawn, but it's not that deep, satisfying yawn that really sort of fills your lungs. And I, I feel for Andy now that he's he's not going to get the proper yawn that he wants. You're bang on. Just carry, just carry on. Carry on. Yeah, owners <laughs> owners won't give up. Uh, certainly, McKenna, I think, would stick around. And player wise, yeah, there might be one or two that want to play at a higher level, but. I don't think their their hearts and minds would be completely lost, and Ipswich wouldn't be in a position where they're certainly not in a position where they need to raise funds. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be pretty much a case of, of, by and large, keep calm and carry on. But we hope it doesn't come to that, obviously. Like it. Right, let's have another video question. This one from our man in Poland, who is on a ski slope. Very nice. Greetings from the slopes of southern Poland. Happy New Year to you all from your Poland correspondent. Uh, I note that you have my favourite kings on today's show, so that's amazing. Thank you very much for lining that up, guys. Um, I want to ask a question to all of you. I want you to put together your perfect match day, not necessarily working, but from the moment you get up, tell me what's, uh, what really floats your boat, who you wake up with, what you have for breakfast, what you're going to wear, where's your favourite ground, what's your best result, performance, what kind of performance, and uh, all the way through to, to, to bedtime in your little bedtime tot. So uh, put together your best ever day, best ever match day, and uh, we're really interested to hear it. Once again, thanks ever so much for all your joy and entertainment and laughter you've brought us along the way throughout 2022. More for 2023, please, as you take us up into the championship. Cheers, guys. Happy New Year. And happy new year to you, Peter. Can I just say excellent stuff? I'm afraid to say that Hotchie was yawning all the way through that, Pete. You couldn't see him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, well, you were, mate. I saw you. I saw you. All right. Wow. <laughs> anyway, it's a good question there from Peter. He wants to know your perfect match day with a little bit of 
little bit of cheekiness thrown in, if you don't mind me saying that, Peter. Who do you wake up with? Or I? Um, did it also sign off with your bedtime tart as well? No, no right. Yeah, no, I think he meant tot. I think he, did, he said tot. And I'd also like to say that I'd also like to say that he's, you're definitely not his favourite Kings. So that was absolute nonsense. He told me before that he, he, tolerates, he? You, he tolerates you at best. Um, so your 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 favourite match day, if you could build your perfect match day, I'm assuming, boys, you wouldn't be covering a game. You'd be going as a fan. So what's happening on your favourite match day? Well, I'd wake up alone. <laughs> would be <laughs> yeah. would be my, my absolute dream um, at my own steam without being woken up by a child. That would be... That would be the dream. At ten, I'd wake up at ten. That would be wonderful. Yeah, and, and what, what? How does the day look, Hutchie? Where, what, what game are you going to? Who are you going with? What are you eating? Give us the full details. Where am I going? I need to go somewhere that I can get to. Having woken up at ten, that's that's the problem now. Uh, let's go West Ham. I do go there a bit. Let's yeah. go to West Ham. Um, wake up at ten. Have some have some crumpets. Cycle to the station, get the train. Then what am I going to do? Why do you want to be in West Ham when West Ham not to watch a football match? What's? I'm going to a football match, aren't I? Oh, okay. Sorry, going, I, assume, I just to... assumed the match was Ipswich. Oh, we can make it any match we want. Nah, any, any match, any match. But, but if I'm going to watch Ipswich, I'm I'm taking my laptop, aren't I? And I don't want to do that. We know Hutchie loves those bloody hammers. So do you go and get jelly deals on your way, Hutchie, I assume? A bit of pie yeah, and mash? Pie and liquor. Um, yeah. Yeah, all of that. Put, put, put my uh, put my East End flat cap on, get the accent going, um, just walk around like this. <laughs> yeah. I'll just do all who, are they, who are they playing? Who are they playing? Um, Liverpool. West Ham, Liverpool. No, no, they're not playing Liverpool. They're playing. They're playing. Um, they're playing Chelsea. They oh. hate Chelsea. I'd love to see you at, as a fan at a West Ham game. Do you go? Do you go proper like all that sort of business? <laughs> all his, all, his, all of Andy's kind of Iceman coolness. That he, <laughs> he, he he sucks it up all year round, but all he's doing is just repressing his yeah. natural anger, and it all comes out when he goes to watch West Ham. Yeah, what man. do you reckon? What do you reckon? Like, you, absolute, Danny Dyer. you absolute <laughs> mug. He starts doing that with his head. <laughs> the price of any any kind of food at West Ham is outrageous. So I'm not doing any of that. Um Okay. Um yeah, go and watch go and watch the game. Come home on the train. Maybe fall asleep on the train. That'll be have good. A few fight, have a few fights, obviously. Yeah, you do that, but you do that on some white the wasteland, the other side of the train yep. tracks before you get the train. That's where you do that. With Excellent. the fans. <laughs> there we go. Um, There's the accent that he employs. And then uh, then you call everyone some, um, you mug. Shout out, you <laughs> mug. Just shouting across the train tracks at each other. Then you get on the train and, and come home. What is a tot? That's a little it's a little measure of a, of a spirit. A tot. Um, I do boy, petrol. I assume you'd have petrol. Yeah, <laughs> boy. <laughs> then just light it. Do a shot, <laughs> do a shot of petrol. Oi. Right then, um, you managed to stay awake throughout that, Hutchie. Well done, uh, Stewie. Uh, uh, what would you? I want to hear yours be? first. Well, mine's a bit, mine's a bit kind of sad and nostalgic because the thing I'd really like to do more than anything else, if I could, would be to go and watch Derby County with my granddad again. Um, obviously, he's no longer with us, sadly, but uh, he took me to my first ever football game. Um, 
at, at Millwall, not at Millwall, Derby Millwall in about 1988. Took me for a little spaghetti bolognese before the game. Um, told me to look out for for Terry Herlock, who was playing for Millwall. He said he's got he's got a back like a dining room table, and he's a bloody hard bastard. So keep an eye out for him. Um, we had a nice little spaghetti bolognese. Walked to the old baseball ground. I had that moment, you know that that moment everyone can remember. Walking, seeing the pitch for the first time, and it feels like it's like a luminescent green. But in reality, at the, at the baseball ground, most of it was sand. Certainly back in those days. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'm starting to get emotional now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Derby won, Derby won 2 0 that day. Um, I'd, I'd love to go back and uh, oh god, I'm gonna have to stop talking about this. Stu, go on. Uh, uh <laughs> right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wake up alone like Andy. <laughs> Here's some foot coming up the stairs, and it's Rachel Stevens, formerly of S Club 7. <laughs> she brings me my breakfast in bed. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to lighten the mood here. Um, that's the start of the day. Brilliant. Um, then, uh, then, uh, then, then I'm off. Chuck her out. She's gone. Why is she at your house in the first place? Well, we've made sweet love, Andy. That's what's happened. <laughs> is this helping, Mark? Get in there. Keep, keep talking about you and Rachel Stevens. Uh, okay, I'm back in I've the room. Kicked, I've kicked her out. It's, it's football, love. It's football day. She's gone. Then I go and meet. Uh, then I go and meet my old man uh, down the pub, and uh, and then we're off to watch. We're off to West Ham as well, but we're off to watch West Ham v Everton, and nice. uh, and uh, yeah, recapturing my my youth of going to watch the football with with my old man, and uh, obviously we'll be opposite the. Um, the West Ham fans, and I'll see a topless Hutchie giving it big <laughs> one to doing, me just be doing from this. across the way, and we'll be exchanging we'll be exchanging hand gestures, and uh, and I'll suggesting that we're we're going to have a ruckus outside afterwards, um, and then we we'll just come outside that. and just say, "All right, mate, yeah, what do you mean yeah. for that?" And then we'll just have a nice little chat, probably, and then headbutt each other. Yeah, yeah. and then when you go, and yeah, and then uh, and then that will be that. Sorry about that, friends. I wasn't expecting to. Uh, overcome like that apologies um yeah thanks for rescuing me with thoughts of you uh, and rachel stevens stewie appreciate all she it. did was make but... breakfast <laughs> <laughs> uh right then let's get back into the into the football shall we um dan wants to know humphreys has now played three short cameos as a 10 and seems to have the right attributes for it chase things down good touch eye for a killer pass and strikes it well what are your thoughts on using him in the frontline rotation if we bring in midfield reinforcement. So you, you both said attacking mid is going to be one of the, the spots they look to fill. Could the answer be already in the building? Short term, no. Um, they, they, I think they will recruit someone. I like I like Humphreys, but I, I do like him a little deeper um, in terms of his, his long-term future. But clearly he's got, he's got ability and can play there. So I, I think his versatility will be quite useful for the... Re- for the rest of the season, he looked good in that role, didn't he? The um, in the last game when he came on, took, took Charlton, his, wasn't it? Um, yeah, um, was it Port Vale where he talk, you talk about him coming from deep? I think his preferred position would be to be one of those two slightly deeper midfielders, but with the license to go. And I think him playing alongside Morsi has maybe naturally put the shackles on what he wants to go and do because Morsi 
is used to playing alongside Evans and now has been kind of repurposed by McKenna to be that one that arrives late in the box and can do all those sort of things. Um, so Evans and Humphreys at some stage, if if the uh, the inevitable Morsi suspension as and as and when that happens, would be quite interesting to see that how that goes. But certainly on the odd occasion to stick him in that number ten spot, he's got some qualities to to unlock the door and has, has clearly now shown that he's he's got a goal in him as well. So. Um, yeah, wouldn't be adverse to seeing it from from time to time, but I don't think that changes anything on the transfer front, as Andy says. Right, a couple more. Arthur Pickthorn, King Arthur, wants to know, would you agree that we're a more dangerous team against the better sides in the league as they actually have a go at us? We're very strong in transition on the break, and I think this would serve us pretty well in the championship. He adds, keep up the great work, love the pod. Stop it, Arthur. We love you too. Um, so there we go. Would you agree with that? That's that's quite a lot of what we talk about, isn't it? That, that when t- teams sit back, Town are struggling to break them down. But if they try and play with Town, they're likely to get pumped. Yeah, I think Ips- Ipswich are better in open games and they're better when they start games really quickly. So yeah, I would I would um I'd agree with that. Would you would you there Arthur saying that that bodes well if if Town do go up into the championship where you'd imagine teams are going to have more of ambition against them? Does that bode well for them as a whole in the championship then? I guess you yeah, I guess you could say that it might it, it might allow them to be a bit of a surprise package early and make a good start to the season. I think teams would wise up to that and suddenly realise that actually just because Ipswich are newly promoted, you can't just come come at them. Um but you know, Ipswich are a good football team with good football players, so I'm sure they'll they'll find a way to to do what they need to do if they can get to the championship. Okay. A couple more. I think, I think this style of play, the argument from the club and McKenna and everyone is that this this style of play and this footballing principle has a much higher ceiling of success. And you can you can go down the full pragmatic route and you can play percentage football and you can get yourself out of the, this division that way, but um that can only take you so far. So that's if you know, you might have that there is going to be some frustrations along the way against the teams that don't show some, as much ambition. But that pain will be worth it in the long run. That would that would be the argument from from an Ipswich Town point of view. But I think let's not kid ourselves. The Championship is a let's let's not forget how tough a division the Championship is, and and uh, it, things go up a notch there. And there'll be uh, there'll be teams in there that will try to do to Ipswich what what teams are doing to Ipswich in League One now, but with with a better quality of player. So, but let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Hey, there's still a. Uh, Still a lot of hard work ahead before we can even start contemplating what the championship holds. Indeed. Right. Two more questions. Let's take one, which I haven't actually pre-warned you of. I just realised I've had an email while we've been talking from Bali in Indonesia. From James Bird. says, loves watching the podcast from Bali. Um, he asked, first of all, about Bon. And his second question is, injuries aside, why do you think Gasana Hadmi hasn't been utilised more often? He's kind of the forgotten man, isn't he, at the moment, in terms of the whole striker shake-up, came in in red-hot form, having scored, was it five goals, I think, for the worst team in the in the league at the time? Uh, quickly broke his foot, and we've not really seen a lot of him since. I'd like to watch the podcast from Bali. Is it, is it, that sounds like a good regular place to be. Next to a beach. Lovely. Any too thoughts hot on that? for you, mate. Yeah, you'd have to actually, in thinking about it, you'd be absolutely miserable there. You'd have ice packs stra- strapped to various parts of your body. That would look ridiculous, just walking around with freezer blocks. It, it would. It would. Uh, any gaffer, thoughts on that? gaffer tape to your back. 
<laughs> yeah, it's great here. It means I wouldn't get sunburnt, though. It's true. I had me. Um, he was always he was always a, a calculated gamble, wasn't he? He was always a bit of a punt late in the window. Um, yes, he came to Ipswich in 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 red hot form, as you say, but that was only form over a few weeks. He's young. Um, and was probably signed as a bit of a project striker, really. And uh, that project kind of got put on hold by the fractured foot injury that, that he suffered. So he's probably a little bit behind schedule. They were maybe hoping that, you know, by come the second half of the season, they would have got him. McKenna talks a lot about it taking time to get players up to speed in terms of their footballing style of play and principles and, and things like that. So he's probably just a little bit, behind schedule in terms of that so uh, it's not to say that he he won't come good and that project will will um come to fruition further down the line but for the here and now with six months to uh to make sure they get promoted i'm not sure he's majorly at the center of those discussions at this minute in time it's looked a little bit a little bit rusty and off the pace with the with the few cameos that he's that he's had recently right then let's finish mailbag with another video question it's from brian wren who formerly, back in the day when we first started this, was a very angry man. I remember a lot of the, his mailbag questions were, were quite pointed um, and would have been the kind of virtual effect of jabbing his finger at you. Um, so let's see how Brian's doing now. Hello, guys. Always good to see you. Early Thursday morning here. Um, no more Mr. Angry from me. It's Mr. Content now. Uh, all, went to all three games over Christmas. Um, things you failed to mention, the disgusting Pompey fan dropping his kecks at us when he had a small child around as well. And the guy at Lincoln, the ball goes into the stand in injury time and he has absolutely leathers it back up into the stand to our frustration. Yeah, we got done. We've been done. Well, the other teams sometimes have been done by the Cobalt at Ipswich, so yeah, that was fun. Um, Karen and Mark will get it right, of course they will. I think the biggest thing with us is it's a mental challenge. Um, a bit of mental fatigue comes in. Every game we're going out, we've got to get the result. We've got to ask the questions. We are the entertainers. Same as us going to a party. You've got to actually provide the spark all the time. So... Yeah, we'll have it. Enjoy your day, guys. See you soon. There we go, then. And Brian has also sent supplementary emails. One was uh, the XG in the FL, which had town at the top of it. And the other one was his actual kind of question, I think, which is about transfers. And he said in there that he thinks town should be targeting Kiefer Moore, very ambitious, and Scott Twine, which is someone obviously formerly of League One, um, and it's not having the best of time of things where he's at the moment. So uh, what, do you, what do you make of that? Who wants to kick off with those? Um, this would have been ridiculous to say five years ago, but I think Kiefer Moore is, is well out of Ipswich's uh, reach now. He's a, he's a World Cup player. He's played what, 15, 20 games in the Premier League this year for Bournemouth. So, um, yeah, how things change, eh? Um Always Kiefer moving Moore, football. The mention of Kiefer Moore is just linked with the Ahadmi chat. But at the moment, Ahadmi looks reminds me a little bit of Kiefer Moore in his early days at Ipswich, where he was getting restricted to coming on for substitute appearances and not 
and just looking really raw and not up to it. But that doesn't mean that he won't come good further down the line. Um, just made me kind of made me think mm-hmm. of uh, him when I kind of think about I had me really. But yeah, you're right. I think Kiefer Moore's but not not at this juncture isn't available. Scott Twine's an interesting one, isn't he? Yeah. Um the Morgan Whitaker of uh, of last season in in many in many ways twenty goals for MK Dons big money move to Burnley and he he still hasn't started a game for Burnley they're going to the Premier League Burnley they're brilliant I've watched them a couple of times over Christmas they're such a good team um, but he's he, he's not really a factor he's been unused sub in the last in the last three games um, could someone come in and take him on loan do you think? Um, I think Ipswich will have made an inquiry about him. Of course they will. Um, from what I gather, that his lack of game time there is, has been down to injuries um, rather than um, rather than pure selection. Um, if they do decide to send him out on loan, it will be to get him up to speed again, not because he hasn't got a future at Burnley. And I'm not sure Ipswich will be the destination. I think there might be um, other places he'd go. But... Um, yeah, I think Ipswich will probably ask the question and, and get a fairly uh, swift response on that one that he's not available, hence why we're, we're discussing other players for that position at the moment. OK, here endeth mailbag then. Thanks for all your questions and video questions especially. Just a reminder, film yourself in landscape, email it to me, mark.heath at newsquest.co.uk. You might have to retransfer it, but it's dead simple and that way we can get you on here, see you, listen to you, and that's what we want more of in the new year. Right then, friends, all that's left to discuss then on this week's show after this massive chat around transfers is they've got a game this weekend it's in the fa cup i rather flippantly said at the end of tuesday's podcast that no one cares about this which looking back probably was unfair because twelve thousand tickets plus have been sold it's a championship side struggling championship side coming to portman road um and it's an opportunity i guess for for kieran mckenna to rest the sickness the sick players in the squad and and, and really give those players a rest who wants to kick off with Rotherham? Because before um, Town got through to the third round, we were talking about, wouldn't it be interesting if they had a championship side so they could see how they match up with them? Now, I know Rotherham are only recently a championship side, but they're a good League One side. Um, Stewie, thoughts on this? Rotherham don't sound like they're in a very good um, place at all. Paul Warren obviously left to go to Derby. They brought in Matt Taylor from, from Exeter. Um They've lost eight of their last 12 games and are now only a point above the relegation zone. Um, last couple of defeats for them have been particularly particularly damaging. They lost 3-0 at Millwall last time out. They lost 2-0 at um, Huddersfield, bottom place team, in the previous game before that. So they're coming into this one in a not particularly good place at all. Um, I note that Matt Taylor, the manager, has been talking about the the championship is taking its toll on his players and too many of them aren't able to kind of play uh, games every three or four days. Um, few key injuries starting to mount up for them. Ben Wiles, who Ipswich fans will remember um, from League One tussles, is out for the season. So it'll be interesting to see whether he takes this game really seriously to try and get a bit of a, a confidence boost for his players or whether he, he kind of sacks off the the FA Cup a little bit and, and really puts all of their energies into into trying to stay in the championship. But um and likewise, how how do Ipswich approach this game off the back of um a slightly disappointing Christmas? I don't want to overstate that. Um but a chance to yeah, again 
win this game, get a nice little draw in the, in the next round against the Premier League big boy away. And, and that just adds, I think that just helps to kind of boost the mood going into the, the Plymouth game the, the following weekend. So um, an intriguing one. It's clearly the, um, it's clearly the, uh, the warm up, isn't it, to the Plymouth game, isn't it? Yeah, can can you just be careful, Stu, when you're when you're lifting your pages? By the way, I have flashbacks now of that inferno. No. Your, there's there's no flame. You've no longer been allowed a candle, which is sensible. Hutchie, um, the warm up to the Plymouth game. Certainly, when we spoke about it on Tuesday, we we agreed that it's, it's coming at a good time for Town. You wouldn't want to go barreling straight into that Plymouth game. Um, this gives them a chance to to rest the players that have been suffering, um, and maybe take a bit of the pressure off. Is that how you how you feel about this one? Yeah, I think I think so. I think you'll I think you'll probably see two um two teams who, who make some, some real changes. Um that's not to say that, that it won't be a good game. It, it could well be a good game. Ipswich have a good squad of players. We know if there's there's plenty of players that will will, will play in this game. You imagine Keo will be involved regularly, we'll probably get another game. And interestingly, I think Cameron Humphreys, I'm sure Cameron Humphreys will start for for Ipswich. Rotherham have a player called Cameron Humphreys as well, so there's there could be there could be some Humphreys on Humphreys going on. Um, there's only one Cameron Humphreys, one Cameron Humphreys. <laughs> so there, that, so there we go. There we go. So you mentioned there are players you think might play. Any others you reckon are shoo-ins? I assume he's, Walton will have a rest, will he? Lee. Oh, he- Possibly he played some of the cup games previously. Like we talked mm. about, Gaston Ahabme there. That's a good opportunity for him, for mm. him potentially. Um, Kyle Edwards again. People we like rattled that. out a team, didn't we, Andy, on the way back um, from Lincoln, and we're trying to have a sort of stab at it. And we thought we'd sort of nailed it when we went through it. And you thought when Keo will play and um, Edmondson. Edmondson to come back into it and we went through all the players Carl Edwards will, will almost certainly feature in this one but then you start to think I'm not sure McKenna will want to have too many players that go 12 days without without a match going into a really important game it's a balancing act between letting people rest and recover off a really busy festive period and and obviously illness throughout the camp, but also making sure that people are ticking over quite nicely going into that Plymouth game. So I'm not sure it will be wholesale, wholesale changes. We've seen Morsi tends to have kind of always played in, in these sort of games. I'm sure there'll still be a real core to this team that resembles Ipswich's strongest team. So it's um, it's a balancing act between mm-hmm. resting up, but also making sure that people are, um, are, are nice and sharp going into the mm-hmm. Plymouth game. You can get five subs on as well, can't you? We've we've seen McKenna have these games, cup games, where everything's quite nicely telegraphed. They have plans of of when who's going to play, how many minutes, and and subs coming in and out at preset times. Obviously, you go back to the Cambridge game in the trophy, and that all got completely ruined by Kyle Edwards um, getting getting sent off so ridiculously so early in that game messes up a plan. But I'm I'm sure there'll be a well thought out um, minutes based plan for for town going into this one and as i say i flippantly said no one cares about it but this is this is a entirely winnable game which gets them into the fourth round of the fa cup isn't it this it's <laughs> sounds stupid to say but this is a game that town want to win surely yeah definitely definitely the further you go the big the more of a chance you've got of of getting that tie that everybody that everybody wants you you play it carefully you play it sensibly and you don't you don't um sort of jeopardize 
the real the real quiz, which is getting out of League One. But if you can mm. do that, if you can do that sensibly and and methodically, then um, they'll they'll be going all out to win it under that plan. It's and a good game, win? this one, I think, to come into. If this had been Man City away, we all wanted that big draw in the mm. third round. But it, had we been sitting here now talking about Ipswich preparing for that sort of game, I'm not sure that there would be sort of a huge enthusiasm that Ipswich can go and um, let alone win. But I think there'd be a feeling like, oh, we'll, we'll lose that one. And that's not ideal to kind of... This is a good chance to to lay down a bit of a confidence booster ahead of Plymouth. I think if you could pick the type of it game that Ipswich have got, off the back of this Christmas period, this would this would be right in the wheelhouse—a winnable game against a struggling Championship side. Um, so yeah, I think there's every chance. I mean, look, we know what Rotherham are all about. That team still, uh, you know, is very close to what the, what we've known over previous years, where Ipswich have come up desperately short against Rotherham in in League One. Barlays are still there, um, Lindsay Rathbone, people like that. Um, so we'll we'll see what sort of team that they they put out, but yeah, very winnable game for this Ipswich, even if it is a bit of a mix and match side. Um, let, let's see what happens. Mm, very interesting. As I say, winnable game. Fingers crossed, Town do it, and we are in the, the next round of the the FA Cup. Which is when was the last time they're in the fourth round of the FA Cup, boys? Off the top of your head, it's got to be. <clears throat> I've sprung that on you. I know I shouldn't have done that. It's a long time ago. The fact that we're all having to think about it. It, it Going back to it. about 2010, something like that. Yeah. They played Blackpool around that. They beat Blackpool in the third round. I can't remember, but we're talking yeah, over a decade. Mm-hmm. Is that when they got smashed by Chelsea? Chelsea, after, yeah. After I that. It, I think it might be, mightn't it? Um, right then. Well, anyway, that would certainly be probably I'll tell you what the worst thing is, though, gents. What we don't want is a draw and a replay up, <sighs> up at Rotherham on the Tuesday night. That's, um, that, that's not what anyone needs at this moment in time. You've jinxed, you've jinxed it now, Stu. That is inevitably what's Well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. done. What a way to end the podcast. <laughs> when would the replay be? Would it be on the coming Tuesday? Ahead no, of, after, 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 after the Plymouth. After, after Plymouth. Plymouth. It wouldn't get in the way of Plymouth. That's the main thing. Right then, friends. That brings us to the end of, uh, what is it, 60, 70-minute podcast today. And we've covered a lot of ground. Have you got any other any other business? Still got that yawn. You have. Well done for, for continuing to stay conscious, though, uh, Hutchie. You're welcome. Much You're appreciated. I'm assuming just that, about kept me going. I'm assuming that Mrs. Warren is still unconscious, and that's why we've not heard any anything from her. Hopefully, she's not unconscious, because um, <laughs> <laughs> that would give me a major a major issue to deal with after this, which may hint if it's, if this isn't uploaded to the middle of the afternoon. That's um, why. You, but yeah, apologies. I've taken my wife to hospital. Um, yeah. but. Go and go and gently sing the mailbag jingle into her ear, and that, yeah. that would be the perfect way for her to start her day. Oh man, she did. She actually, to be fair, she she would deserve that because she's got this little um, childhood song that her her I think it was either her grandparents or her her mum sang to her when she was a kid, and she torments me with that just sometimes. So what is it? I don't know. You you tell me if. Here we go. Oh, okay, great. Um, you knew the, yeah, you brought it on yourself, mate. Yeah, brought it on myself. So it goes, typically, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 when she's being annoying about it, it involves some pushing on my shoulders. Um, and this is something that happened more pre-kids, to be honest. But she, it just goes, wake up, Bernie, wake up, Bernie, hop, hop, hop. And it's 
and it's absolutely nothing to do with the Hutch Warren thing. That's just you go, wake up, Barney, wake up, Barney, hop, hop, hop. It's horrific. I would play if you do see Andy Warren in the street <laughs> at a football ground anywhere, please do not do that to him. Okay, that's a, don't, he won't like it. So I'm telling you now, don't do it. All right, exactly. Stuart, I exactly. certainly won't be doing the wake up bunny song. I would like to echo that. Definitely do not do that to Hutchie. Do well, not do that when you see it. It's, on, it's only effective when you're asleep. So. <laughs> right, friends. Any other business from you, Stu? Uh, I wasn't with you in the previous one, but just just very quickly to say that I'm. The more I've thought about it, the less panicked I am about what happened over Christmas. I think there was there were circumstances surrounding the illness. Uh, around the Portsmouth and the Lincoln games. Did we want more than the five points? Yes, but no need to hit the panic button. I think Brian that sent that video in rightfully pointed out, I'm not a major one on XG and stats and things like that, but all of the major stats tell you Ipswich are leading the way in terms of possession, in terms of goals scored. We forget that they're still the second top goal scorers in in the league. Um yeah, I think uh, over over the course of a season, those things kind of shake out. So uh, I'm not not too panicked at the moment. I'm excited about what's going to happen in the transfer window and I'm excited for the second half of the season. So bring it on. That's a lovely way to end, Stu. Um, right then, all that's left then to say is just to remind you to support our sponsors. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all that excellent clobber there. Good to have a look in the old uh, sales after Christmas. Um, we've also just re-upped with Manscaped for another few months. So get involved, use that code, because we're obviously excellent at selling intimate body shavers and nasal trimmers, amongst other things they offer. And also, you saw him in the podcast, our esteemed second sponsor, Tony Southgate of Ginger Pickle, the goat of digital marketing, SEO, optimization, whatever you want, social media stuff, he is the guy to get involved with. So just Google Ginger Pickle if you indeed like your pickle ginger, as Mike Bacon once told us. And also, friends, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us visibility-wise in the charts. It's always good to hear. And follow us across social media, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I should also mention, during the podcast, we've had a picture from Roscoe of him with Matt Holland. That's where he's been today. He's doing a bit of content with Matt, which sounds really good, should be really good. Um, hopefully, we'll have that out with you next week. Um, so, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground in today's podcast. It started with me annoying Watson. We've had a good old chat about the transfer window. Warren has been fighting the urge to sleep. Um, we've also learned that Andy's a, a hooligan at West Ham. And I, rather unexpectedly, had a little cry, um, which I certainly wasn't expecting when I pressed record on today's podcast. But friends, there's no reason to cry. Things are looking good. It's an FA Cup game this weekend. We're all start the year strong and we're going to bounce into the weekend. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. Enjoy the game if you're going, if you're not for it with us. And we will see you again next week when hopefully I won't be weeping.